Hey, Melissa. Hi, Robert. We're we're back in the podcast booth. Doesn't it feel fun? It's great. It's great to be back. Well, we're going to deal with To Infinity and Beyond, the story of Walt Disney today. Excellent. This is part one of two because it's Disney. So I do have a quiz for you. So I'm just going to outline the questions. You can write down your answers. And of course, we'll address these in the two parts that we're going to do today. So where did the Disney family originate from? Do you mean their nationality? Hey, 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 I get to ask the questions here, but <laughs> that is correct. So okay. write down what you think. Okay. Uh, question number two, what was Walt Disney, uh, where was he born? Where was Walt Disney born? Okay. Mm-hmm. Question number three, which family member besides Walt worked for the Disney company? Number four, who was the original voice of Mickey Mouse? And five, which U.S. president did Walt Disney dress up as for school? And lastly, but not leastly, is Walt Disney still alive today? Seems like an obvious question, but we'll we'll try to hit that, okay? So we're going to come through. We're going to go through these when we... Uh, over these next two parts of this podcast. Okay, yes, because I really want to know how many I got correct. Oh, what's the theme song for this podcast? Maybe something by Led Zeppelin? Oh, I love how you're thinking here, (laughs) but wow, and I know you're really excited about this, I can tell. So I'm just like my students. This is a great idea about the song, but I did pick a Disney classic for this podcast. Hope you enjoy it. Hey, Melissa, well, what did you think of that song? Oh, that was great. I yeah. really enjoyed it. <laughs> a little different than a Led yes. Zeppelin song. Yes, so. it is. Yeah. So so do we have um, some historical questions for this podcast? I know uh, you have the Disney quiz, but usually there's some historical questions. Yeah, we sure do. In fact, you'll be excited to hear this, but I have a twofer about Walt Disney. Oh, awesome. Uh, the question is for part one is how did his early years influence Walt Disney? And question number two is what did uh, what does Walt Disney's story suggest about American history? Great. To understand Walt Disney, uh, it might be best to break down his life into four parts. Part one is pre-Walt. Part two is Walt's early years. Part three is Walt's the inventor of the cartoons. And part four is Walt, the really the business person, the, the guy that creates this company. The first two parts we will, will be dealt with in this first podcast. Although we don't have to spend a lot of time uh, of the pre-Walt years, it is important to understand his family background. Over a thousand years ago, the Disney family lived on the coast of Normandy in France. The original spelling of the Disney name is Disney. Yeah. Oh, like the D with the the kind of apostrophe. Yeah, yeah. However, his name changed to Disney 
after one of his ancestors who participated in an invasion of England stayed there after the conflict was over. So that's amazing. So he's French and English. Yes, but Walt's nationality doesn't end there. His family moved to Ireland. In 1834, Walt's great-grandfather, uh, Kepley, who was one of, the six, one of 16 children, boarded a ship from Liverpool, England, to Ontario, Canada. So Walt has four nationalities, French, English, Irish, and Canadian. Yep. Hmm. Did you get that answer from the quiz correct? No. <laughs> okay. Well, that was pretty hard. Well, maybe you'll have a better luck on the other questions. Kelp, his, Kelp, his. Oh, his grandfather. Uh, yes, tried a variety of initiatives such as drilling for oil and operating a salt well. He disliked the cold weather, so he began his journey to the U.S. in 1878, planning to go to California to find gold. Oh, did he find any? No, he never got there. Mm. He stopped in Kansas, believe it or not, where he built a sod house. Like this is his father, like his father, he had a large family himself, 11 in total. Oh. Yeah. The oldest of the, these was Elias, Walt's dad. I think it's fair to say that Walt had a complicated relationship with his father. Although Walt rejected his dad's interest in socialism, he did pass a few important traits to his son, a strong earth uh, work ethic and a case of ADD. Interestingly enough, Walt's ADD allowed him to focus on one occupation, while Elias had numerous occupations. Some of these include... A farmer, a railroad machinist. He met Walt Chrysler while doing this job. Yep. A musician, a hotel owner, a mailman, an orange farmer, a carpenter at the famous Columbian World's Fair in Chicago, and a newspaper distributor. Yeah, just to mention a few. So Elias even joined the militia for a short period of time. Can you describe the picture of his father? Oh, look at this. So yeah, there's a picture. He's a slender Caucasian man. He's got a very thick but very well-trimmed mustache, uh, thin brown hair, wearing a nice suit and tie. You'll see that Walt looks very similar to his mm. father. Thankfully for Walt, his father settled down long enough to marry Flora Call, who was nine years older than him. While living in Chicago, he and his wife built a home at 1240 Tripp Avenue. This is the birthplace of Walt. There are two stories that need to be explored during Walt's time in Chicago. One of these is related to Eric Larson's book, Devil in the White City. Oh, I love that book. Yeah, so do I. In the book, the author author argues that Elias worked at the World's Fair in 1893 might have influenced Walt's career choice. This seems compelling at first, but there is nothing in Walt's writings that indicate that this was a major influence in his life. The second story is more interesting. While Walt was living, while living in Chicago, the Disneys were very involved with their local church. When Flora was pregnant, so was the preacher's wife. Elias told the preacher, If I get a boy baby, I'll name him after you. If your baby is a boy, you name him after me. Walt Disney was born on December 5th, 1901. Oh, what a cool story. Agree. I have a slight connection with Walt Disney. My grandfather, 
grandfathers were born in 1900 and 1901 in Chicago as well. Small world, as they say. Yes, it is. Can you visit Disney's home? I believe you can. Would be a great field trip. Yeah. Walt didn't live long in Chicago. His father decided to leave the city, as Elias said about Chicago at the time. We've got to get out of this cesspool of a city. Wow, that hurts. He does have a point here. Not too far away from the Disney home lived none other than Al Capone. Oh, no way. Yeah, the Disneys decided to move to Missouri, which had a significant impact on Walt. One story that stands out from this time was that his first art project uh, happened. Walt told his sister, Ruth, Let's paint the house. She asked, Walt, will it come off? He said, oh, sure. It wasn't paint they were using, however. It was tar. His dad was so mad that when the family moved, he left the tar stain on the house. Oh, does that still exist? Unfortunately, it doesn't. The most important lesson Walt learned from this period of time revolved around hard work and friendship. When Walt's dad sold the farm, Oh, the one with the art project. Yep. <laughs> the family moved to Kansas City. Here, Elias purchased the distributorship of two newspapers, the Times and the Star. Can you guess who delivered them? Mm. Walt? Yeah, correct. <laughs> but so did one of his brothers, Roy. Roy hated this job so much that he ran away. As for Walt, he delivered newspapers for six years, missing only four weeks of work during that entire time. Doing so meant that he was up at 3.30 a.m. His dad was a perfectionist, so his son couldn't just throw the newspaper on the porch. He had to place the newspaper behind the storm door. Did he get paid for doing the job? No. Oh, I can see why his brother ran away. Yeah, not surprisingly, Walt didn't excel in school. One of his teachers said that Walt's... Attention wandered. <laughs> One of his teachers even criticized the drawing he did because he didn't follow her directions. Walt did impress the local barber, however, so much so that he got free haircuts for drawing patrons. He also liked to copy uh, the political cartoon from his dad's favorite uh, newspaper, Appeal to Reason. Isn't that a socialist newspaper? Yes, it is. His dad was an unapologetic socialist. Besides drawing, Walt also met uh, Walter Pfeiffer. Like Walt, Pfeiffer liked to draw. The Pfeiffer family exposed Disney to vaudeville shows and motion pictures. Disney even performed in a show that his parents attended. Neither of his parents knew that he was in the show until the end. From this experience, Disney began his admiration for President Lincoln and Charlie Chaplin at Benton, Grammar school, Walt was remembered for his impersonation of President Lincoln while reciting the Gettysburg Address. I got that question correct. Hey, isn't there a Lincoln statue at one of the Disney parks? Yes, Disney did uh, showcase what he called the first auto anatomic human. Believe it or not, it is still in uh, use at the Hall of Presidents at Disneyland. And yes, it recites the Gettysburg Address. Well, when things didn't work out for Elias, he moved back again. Back to where? The cesspool, Chicago. <laughs> 
This time, Elias took $16,000, including Walt's money, and invested in the Ozell Jelly Factory. Here, Walt washed jelly jars. While attending uh, McKinley High School, named after the assassinated president in Chicago, Walt was recognized in the school newspaper, which claimed, Walter Disney, one of the newcomers, has displayed unusual artistic talent and has become a voice cartoonist. America's involvement in the Great War was a turning point in Walt's life. Although he was not of age to participate in the war, he demanded that his parents allow him to do so. His dad refused, but his mother forged her husband's signature and even altered her son's passport. Before heading to France, to be an ambulance driver for the Red Cross, however, Walt took ill with the Spanish flu. Lucky for him, he recovered at home. Two of his friends died. Both went to the hospital. Can you tell the listener a little bit about the picture that I have of Walt Disney? Oh, so this is a really interesting picture. It's Walt as a young man. He's wearing, looks like a uniform, and standing in front of, he's a very serious expression, and he's standing in front of a I think it's an ambulance because I can see the crowd and that would make sense because he drove ambulance for the Red Cross and the, the ambulance has like the wheels still have spokes like it's that, you know, it's a very old vehicle. But the coolest part is if you look look at the on the canvas, there's like a canvas that covers the ambulance and I see a cartoon drawing. Yeah. <laughs> I would bet that Walt drew that. That is so cool. He did do that on the side. That's for sure. When Walt came home, he was a very different person. He told his parents he didn't want to go back to high school or work for his dad. His father asked him, Then what do you want to do, Walter? I want to be an artist. And how do you expect to make a living as an artist? Sure, this wasn't the first or the last time a parent of an artist asked this question. Yeah, that's for sure. To make sure our listeners are still with us, can you do a quick review of what you learned about Walt Disney? during his early years? Sure, absolutely. Well, born in Chicago, moved away from Chicago, then moved back, had a very, his father was a very influential figure in his life, making him, you know, work very hard at different jobs, um, but always was an artist. And um, then like many of that time, you know, being involved in the war seems like it, it was kind of a turning point in his life. So what does Walt Disney's story suggest about American history? Well, I think it shows the, I think the war definitely probably was a turning point for many, like I said. So I think those types of major, like, historical um, events that are happening ends up influencing, you know, we think of it as influencing, you know, great groups of people and countries, but you can see them individual people like Walt Disney um, it really ends up changing their trajectory. Yeah, and I think it also suggests that uh, history is kind of American history, and all history is pretty complicated. Mm -hmm. And his story definitely was his relationship with his dad and his own involvement in historical events that you talked about. Yeah. With his ambition to be an artist, Walt moved back to Kansas City, which might seem odd at first, but his brother lived there. And his move demonstrated, I think, his determination to be his own person. Yeah, and as I said, it shows that the war changed him. Absolutely. In Kansas City, Walt experienced several life-changing events. 
The first of these is the Hemet Oob Iwerks. Oh, interesting name. Yeah, really cool name. Maybe someday I will have a student with that name. That'd be cool. Yeah. The second was that he saw this ad in the newspaper. Kansas City Slide Company. Artist. Cartoon and wash drawings. First class man wanted. Of course he applied. Soon after Walt started working here, Oob joined him. One of the traits that Walt revealed at the Kansas City Film, the company changed its name, is that he accepted criticism of his work, something many artists failed to do. So let's wrap up part one of this podcast about Disney on the topic of something we might call fate or possibly luck. Shortly after being hired at the Kansas City Film, um, Walt received a call from the Journal, a newspaper in Kansas City regarding a position as a cartoonist. This was Walt's dream job, but now he was intrigued with something new, one-minute film advertisements that were being shown at theaters. After watching some of the, of the ads, Walt created... And with the perspective of time, it is baffling that he made the choice to stay with Kansas City Film. Nevertheless, it does demonstrate the key ingredient to Disney's success, something he called plussing. What does that mean? Patience, please. <laughs> In 1924, Walt made a decision that would change not only his life, but revolutionize the entertainment industry as well. He made the risky move to film over being a cartoonist. Even though Walt had a steady job, that wasn't enough for him. During the day at Kansas City Film, he and Oob worked on ways to improve both the production quality, including cartoons that moved and script, and the script writing for ads that played at local theaters. These ads arranged from banks to women's stockings. At night, Walt worked in his garage to produce cartoons for Newman Theaters, which in which he called Newman Laughograms. Do any of these still exist? Yes, and I strongly recommend our listeners watch a few of them. They're really pretty interesting. Walt's boss at KC Film loved what he was doing with the Laughograms, but when Walt asked him, "Why don't we make a series of cartoon shorts to sell to theaters?" his Boss really felt that that was too risky. It's hard to overstate the riskiness that Walt was suggesting since this small company in Kansas City would have to compete with cartoon studios in New York. To take on this challenge, Walt quit his position at Film Ad, even though Walt only made six cartoon, short cartoons or laughograms before he declared bankruptcy. He had now discovered his passion. Combining his passion with his strong work ethic, he traveled to Hollywood with only $40 to his name. In Hollywood, Walt experienced his greatest failure and his greatest success, or successes. Before we get into those stories, it is important to highlight some of the changes Walt made after leaving Kansas City, which include meeting his future wife, Lily, having his brother Roy run the finances while Walt focused on the stories and managing the business. So does that mean he was no longer an animator? Excellent question. That is correct. Third is own the trademarks and copyrights 
for his work. Walt even made a physical change. He decided to make himself look older, he would need to add something. Okay, you have any guesses of what that might be? A mustache? <laughs> I only know that. Well, well, why do you know that? Well, you have a picture of him right here with a mustache. <laughs> and you remember that his jo job, his uh, father had the same thing. Yes, right? I thought of that too. Yep. Yeah. Our next podcast will highlight how Walt Disney changed the entertainment industry forever in both film and theme parks. A big thank you to Bob Thomas, who wrote an American original, Walt Disney, an essential read for any Disney fans. Thanks also to my partner in podcasting, Melissa Basinger. As one of my favorite historical figures said, Some people see things as they are and say, why? I dream of things that never were and say, why not? You got the Boston accent down. <laughs> so, ready to turn the page? Oh, you bet.